0: to find out if it's right for you.
1: Hello and welcome to Tender Loving... With your host, myself, Pauline, and my darling, Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down a show from the TLC network. The name of the network that I, for the longest time, thought stood for was an acronym for Tender Loving Cat. And when I found out it actually stood for the Learning Channel and I saw the types of shows that are on that channel my deep confusion bred this podcast each week kate and i spin our beautiful wheel of shame which contains all of the shows past and present from the tlc channel as well as discovery plus we pick one and we dissect it for you our glorious listeners so without further ado let's get into it hello kate hi pauline how's it going oh it's wonderful it's wonderful it's i'm sat here beverage corner I've got a little, um, (coughs) excuse me, alcohol was drank and consumed over the weekend and kind of cleared out a lot of my bar. So I was like, I just want something kind of light. And then I was like, oh, I have a beer in the fridge. So this was left over from Christmas. So I go in, it was brought uh, by friend of the pod, uh, Lanny and Beth, I believe. Brought it, both of the, brought it together it's like oh lovely there's a beer and then i looked at it's non-alcoholic beer and i was like oh okay and it tastes delish so let's give a little plug um to athletic brewing company non-alcoholic free wave hazy ipa
2: Oh, I've accidentally bought that before, but I wanted it to be boozy oh, and I was so shit. annoyed. That would be so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I got home and I was like, N.A. <laughs> it is good though. It's good. It it's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But having having said that, we are willing to obviously sponsor you guys to sponsor us. I mean, Kate yes. and I, like once again, please, we will drink. We love it. Sponsor us. Shout out to Athletic Brewing Company. Um. So yes, everything is good here. I'm very excited to get into the show. What what's what's your deal, Kate? You've got a little, you got a little water. Oh, you got your DC. You got your DC.
2: I got my DC. I'm happy to report it doesn't smell like delivery driver cologne this time. I oh ended God. up getting so grossed out with myself that I drank that. Oh, I was I thinking bet. about it later. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That was disgusting of me. Anyways, uh-huh. and then I have uh water, but I always flavor my water because I don't like drinking water plain water which is so sad I know but um I get those little squirty things of flavor oh, and really? I believe yeah they're they help me drink more of it um I believe it's like a peach lemonade or something it's good This very Carol Radsville of you
1: Carol was <laughs> like I don't drink water so, you know,
2: I, I, but well done for
1: powering through. That's great. You know, Thank it you. does remind me you're doing your DC, you're doing your water. I'm doing a non-alcoholic beer. Guys, go back and listen to the first episodes, first year of episodes of this podcast. We were wasted. I mean, honestly, <laughs> he and I were drinking throughout the yeah. entire podcast. Not to say that won't happen again, but I'm just impressed with us right now, Kate. Sometimes I have a glass of wine and then sometimes we'll go to a tequila bender. You never know what you're going to get.
2: I know. I think we kind of realized, oh, a bunch of like people are listening. So we should, should? probably, <laughs> we I should probably that, know what we're saying. And well, I, I'll still have wine, but not nearly as much. You're right.
1: Yeah, I think we were very much. I think we, both of us, even though it was a nonverbal thing, were like, hang on. We have an audience and stuff is going to come back to bite us in the arse. So we were like, oh, okay, let's watch exactly what he said. Have it, having said that, the stuff that was said in the first year of this podcast ooh, will be brought up in a tribunal one day. Okay, so <laughs> Kate, um, we were going into last week, The Wheel of Shame picked for us um, this show Deadly Affairs. So when you pulled it up, we were like looking at it cheese beyond cheese. So we were both excited instantly instantly um when i went to go and watch it today because kate and i had decided we were going to do the very very first episode of the first season because we know when there's reenactment and we're seeing like early to mid 2000s kate and i are in heaven like we're in heaven yeah um what was so funny is though i go on my app on my tv and i'm like all right i'm searching deadly affairs i was pissing myself laughing because i'm putting in deadly dead deadly uh, no less than 115 shows came up that are entitled <laughs> deadly it's like deadly snakes of the amazon deadly couples deadly children deadly affairs <laughs> deadly scorned women
2: i mean it is out of control they came up with uh dozens of shows that day in the writer's room of tlc <laughs> they were like I, what if something was deadly and they're like run oh. it Got it, and it's greenlit. always ju- just greenlit.
1: Everything's greenlit. At Discovery Plus. It is like I've said it before. It's like that um South Park episode when they call up Netflix and they're like, "Hi, this is Netflix. You're greenlit." And it is exactly <laughs> the same as Discovery. You just go, but instead you call up and you go, "I have an idea for a reality show." Great, you're greenlit. I mean, it's just that sort of is glorious. But guys, go and check out how much deadly there is. It's deadly everything.
2: Um. But Kate, why don't you read us the
1: fantastic synopsis of what this Ugh. glorious show is all about?
2: Yes. And I implore the listeners to Google this show just to see what the cover looks like. Mm. Uh it's mm. pretty awesome. Okay. <sighs> all right, voice over voice. Okay. <clears throat> Things aren't always as they seem. Deadly Affairs drives that point home with true stories of romances gone terribly wrong. Whether it's a love triangle that violently collapses or a workplace affair that implodes, <gasps> the reenactments, two per episode, allow viewers to knock down closed bedroom doors, navigate secret trysts, and witness salacious liaisons. The stories contain first-person accounts from friends, and family of the victims, and commentary from authorities and true crime experts. Best yet, it's hosted by Emmy-winning actress Susan Lucci, who's been a part of a few steamy scandals and deadly dalliances in her daytime soap career. I I mean...
1: Now, Susan Lucci, I know the name, and I knew the name and would associate it with uh, Cheesy Soap, but I didn't really know any, but she was on, it was All, all of My Ch- all my Children. Okay. So I wasn't familiar with her, but the look of her I was like, yeah, soap actress, drama, whatever. That description completely fills out this whole genre that TLC, Discovery, ID Channel, love of murder porn. Yep. some of the things that are done to these men and women in these in these shows are horrific, awful murders, and they're like, "Whoa!" But you know, on her mind, she was really thinking as she plunged the axe into his back, "What did he look like with his shirt off?" I mean, I
2: swear to God, it was yeah. shit like that. It was. I my i was laughing not obviously not because it was funny situations but for how they were handling these very serious gruesome tales they were like women can be spicy too it's not just the guys who are horny and you're like what sorry what this woman has just beheaded her husband
1: that's not the line you should be leading with it's wild It's wild. And I will tell you, Kate, I had watched this a little bit earlier than you had uh, today. And I did some background on the first one we're going to talk about. And holy shit, did they miss the mark with this? Okay, so we go in. And like you said in the description, Beautifully read. they cover two um, cases per episode. So this is, I think there's like three seasons on ID. And it started in 2012. We decided to do the first one. Season one, episode one in too deep and it's reenactments and it starts off with this scene of susan lucci 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 yeah lying by a pool and it's all you know background casting central casting has got the guy that clicked i'll do shirtless you know on his profile and um he's like acting like pool boy and susan lucci just keeps this pretense up of this soap star naughty vixen wife just
2: i just keep imagining susan lucci's agent pitching this gig to her
1: god dude listen we need to pay off that tax bill so if you could just do a couple of seasons of this it will help you i
2: mean that was the pitch that was the agent's pitch
1: go in it's
2: a half day's work for an entire (laughs) season just be sexy sassy susan lucci and that's what she did and I mean, when it comes to
1: you know the setup, two bucks it costs two bucks for the filming of this. I mean, she yeah. was really scraping the barrel. So we, the first story is about is about a couple named Michael Roseborough and Jan Roseborough. They live in Pennsylvania. They got married in 1989 and they owned a funeral home. He owned a funeral home, did very, very well for himself. Very uh, good income, massive home. So you see the reenactment with the central casting um, actors. And by the way, no shade. I have been a central casting actor that was in one of these reenactments. So no, I was on, I was giving testimony on the, on a trial. It was great. Anyway, um, (laughs) So yeah, they they kind of say, oh you know, and they were, you know, uh, Michael Roseborough was just the man about town, known for having a wandering eye. Women knew him to be a womanizer. Men wanted to be him. Women wanted to be with him. I shit you not. That was one of the lines, and I, I was now, like the funeral director in town. <laughs> wow, Slim Pickens. Woo. <laughs> um, they knew he had money. Plus, with his good looks and charms. I mean, guys, you know how it goes, right? Yeah. But, no, I'm going to... Kate, as you know, I am not one to gossip. And I am not one to make derogatory comments. Never. Yep. Not once. Never. Yeah. Having said that, um, the actors they chose for this... Hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was confused because this is supposed to be some dashing man and the woman he has an affair with is a sexy little vixen. Uh... (laughs) Unclear. That's all I'm going to say. Unclear why they picked this. but So, Kate, we see that they're planning a vow renewal, which, if you learn anything and know anything about housewives, the housewives have taught us never
2: have a vow renewal. Kiss of death for a marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, bad turn of phrase, sorry. Ooh, um, yeah. so they yeah, they have that planned. And then how we're introduced to the woman that Mike starts having an affair with, they go, Enter Angie. Dun, dah, dun. And they like show Woo! Angie Woo! walking, and Da-da! he's supposed to be this vixen, Da-da! yeah. Walking into a coffee shop and exchanging, you know, these Ooh. Secret Ooh. glances with Mike as they get their creamer put into their coffee, and that's how they met. Apparently, just talking at a coffee shop, coffee shop. as they were picking up their coffees to go.
1: Mm. And it's Pennsylvania in the winter, and she's wearing this sexy red dress. Oh, I mean, it
2: was just <laughs> Yes.
1: So this is thirty-three-year-old Angie Funk. She is married and a mother. Of three, they go to the same coffee shop every morning. And as the Susan Lucci so perfectly tells us, it started off with coffee. They took it outside of coffee to emails, to calls, to hot, steamy hotel
2: meetups.
1: It's bad.
2: It's so and then they're bad. like, "This is how they're presenting this tragic, tragic story." I mean, imagine mm. watching this as someone who really knows, yeah, the victim. Yeah, it's so insulting. They're like, so who's going to be the one to bring this steamy love triangle to an end? I half expected them to be like, will it be Mike? And he like winks at the camera. (laughs) Will it be Angie? And she blows a kiss. Or will it be, you know, like it was like that. So, (laughs) yeah, they're having this affair at at like a Holiday Inn and emails. Yeah.
1: And by the way, like you say, it should be... We have our reenactment. We have Susan Lucci expertly doing the narration. And we also have their real-life friends. So Jan's real-life couple of friends are on there saying... You know, kind of talking about Michael. And then they talk a little bit more about Angie. And they talk about Jan. And just that they would seem this... They had pots of money, a big house. We knew he was a bit of a philanderer. But, you know, everything seems to be really, really good. So... We find out that Angie and Michael are getting closer and closer, and that they decide they're gonna get married. So apparently he was saying to Angie, "That's it. We're getting married. like this is gonna happen. Um, I'm gonna tell my wife we're it's serious for us." and how they how they show portrayed this with the reenactment is the two of them sat in a bed in some motel and she's flipping through a bride magazine. I mean, no expenses spared no expenses (laughs) spared on this it was just and you could tell it was all filmed in like daylight the lighting was really poor and Mm -hmm. like she was wearing like cheap lingerie from costume it was just it it was a lot
2: yeah it was party city yeah it was it was love it it would have been like her scrolling pinterest if this came out a few years later i feel like um so She's text or she's emailing him things like, mm. "I can't wait to be Mrs. Roseborough so soon. It's gonna happen so soon. I can't wait, big boy." Oh. And he's, you know, we have the scene, you know, the reenactment. He's in the kitchen with the laptop, emailing her, and then the wife walks behind him and puts her hand on his shoulder, and he slaps the laptop shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and remember,
1: she's married as well. So I start right. to
2: think, oh, this husband's gonna come into play.
1: Three kids. How does anyone have time for affairs? I don't know. That's another question. But you have three young kids. He has kids. They're both married. And you're right. We have all these scenes of these emails and back and forth. Then we get, we actually hear, uh, well, we see that one night it was a balmy summer night. And Michael, they have a pool and Michael puts the kids to bed. He claims they have wine by the pool. His wife, Jan, stays there and he goes to bed. Then suddenly, he goes to bed at 10 and apparently wakes up just before 11. So he's someone that goes to bed and sleeps straight away, whatever. Wakes up at 11 and realizes the lights are on, goes outside and sees her face down in the pool. Um, Then we hear the actual 911 call. And it was, uh, my wife's drowned. Sorry, sir, what? What's going, uh, my wife's drowned. Um, super, super calm, and then we find out that she he supposedly starts giving her CPR. Now, if you're gonna commit a murder, think it through, because what happens is the ambulance arrives, Kate, and then they take her to the hospital. They're like, "Oh, do you want to hop in? Do you want to like, hurry? nah, just stays at home."
2: He's I'll be, I'll be here.
1: Yeah. I'm going to finish my wine. I have I have to watch this TV show that was just on. So, you know, it, so he stays but then again, he does have kids. Maybe that was the reason I'm going to get to the massive holes in this story when I actually did the research of this case, but so they did have kids at home. Maybe he just said, I have to stay with my kids. There's no one to look after them. I don't know. He could have grabbed a neighbor. It was 11 o'clock at night, whatever, but he stays at home. She gets taken to the hospital and she dies alone at a hospital. Um, we see actual crime scene photographs that, of the pool and the area, and there seem to be no uh, signs of a struggle or her falling or anything like that. Autopsy comes along, but, 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 blunt force trauma, strangulation, and drowned. She was murdered.
2: Right. And they bring him in for questioning. He has a scratch. Wait, maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Yep. yep. yep I am. Sorry. No, Too no, far. no. That's that's. I mean, is it's that, is that goes it? Along. Okay.
1: Yeah, it goes along with it. Yeah. All
2: right. So yeah, he has this scratch on his chin, and he's like, "Oh, this is just from playing with the kids in the pool." And they kind of move past that. Um. Then, let's see. They get. They end up getting an anonymous tip about the affair basically, and Naughty Angie, that's what they called her in this moment, Naughty Angie admits to the affair right away. Um, They see the email she sent him a few hours before the murder. Can't Mm -hmm. wait to be Miss Roseboro so soon. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. And it seems obvious they're like, oh, so Angie was obviously involved. She has an alibi. Her husband's like, she was home sleeping with me the whole night. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then they start to mess with angie by bringing up his player ways his player past how he was oh you know he was dating all these other women too you think he won't do something like this to you blah 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 they're kind of working at that angle Mm -hmm. and you know they i mean police must have known instantly it
1: was him i mean his whole He didn't even try to cover it. He just did it all so poorly, which I'm sure it was spontaneous. He probably said, I'm leaving you. It caused a fight and then he went into violence. That's what I think happened. I don't probably think this was premeditated. You never know, but because he had such a weak response, but... When he said the kid in the pool, he he's they said which kid? He told it was a certain daughter of his, and the daughter when they met her, she actually chewed all her fingernails down to like the nubs, so she couldn't have even scratched him. So there was, and you saw photos of the scratch in his face, and it's horrible to look at and think that was that woman's last, like, plea at trying to get this person that she's known for like thirty years to stop killing her. It's just awful. Oh, God. Um. And you're right. We then see police footage of Angie being interviewed in the police station. And by the way, the the uh, Susan bloody Lucci is making statements like nothing can come between lovers, but perhaps murder. I mean it's a woman that's just been brutally murdered and then you see her and you're right kate they're goading her and like you know you know all these women right you know all these women and then i can't remember if this is featured here but i've got it in the information afterwards they then um get her or she ends up calling him from the police station and it's all recorded and she's saying to him i can't believe who's kathy who's kathy while she's in a police station, he's at home about to get arrested for murder. And he's like, What? And he's like, the police just told me you were sleeping with someone called Kathy. Who is that? Who is that? And was like going in on him. And he's like, You know I love you. You know, wife's body's not even cold. You know I love you so much. I haven't done anything. Yeah, I slept with other women, but you're my only love. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, she turns on him completely. And um, they go to trial, and she was never charged with anything. Um, He
2: goes to trial and he he got life. Yep, that's right. And then (laughs) we get the interviews with the people close to her at the end. And it's just obviously a very somber ending, except it doesn't end on that. It ends with Susan Lucci saying, Lust, it can make us do such horrible things, but it's not always the husband. Just a trip to the pool can make a woman do devilish things. And that's how we segue into the next murder You're, story.
1: You just want to go, hang uh, on. Have some you have, respect. Uh, yeah, you have this friend of Jan's, Rebecca, who was like, Jan was a beautiful woman. She was a good woman. She was a great mother. There was kids that were left without their parents. One's in jail. The other one's dead. I mean, all of this shit. And I'm just, they're just like, anyway, on to the next. So what I did is very quickly, I was like, I need to find out what happened. So I go on to, I find it wasn't, it didn't make huge news, but local online news um, it called Lancaster Online because so it's Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So, investigators—this is quote from the website—investigators said Roseborough killed his wife by bludgeoning, punching, kicking, and strangling her before dumping her in the family's backyard pool. This was not some accidental knocked her over the head in a soap opera way. He was beating her up and strangling her it was horrific murder as as their children slept inside exactly so bad it's awful and then this this is what drove me nuts as well major point in this by the way because i found an interview angie angie only ever gave one interview because they did a 2020 on her a dateline whatever and she gave one interview she was pregnant how they didn't mention it in this, this is the type of level of research, by the way, oh. Deadly Affairs does. She found out she was pregnant with his baby just
2: before he murdered her, murdered Jan. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's that's a huge point. They, compl- huge. they did not even mention that. No. Wow.
1: She gave birth to his son and she stayed with her husband. Explain that to me. It's she so she has four kids, one of them by her affair, and the husband stood by her.
2: Oh, um, imagine being that kid and finding out this horrific story about true. You're your, as you know when you're much older and it gets told you, it's
1: like because that kid's a oh, teenager. He might be in university right now. I mean, that's the age oh, of him. And then you find out, by the way, so she gives birth her lover's in now in jail where she ba- basically turns state's evidence and gives evidence towards him he goes into jail um she's given birth to a to a kid still with her husband that she's cheated on and had three original kids with and she's chatting with this guy in jail She's chatting with Michael, she's calling him up and being like, oh, he looks so much like you. I have all the transcript he's so much like you and he's like, oh poor little thing. she's like, no, it's actually a wonderful thing. while she's got four kids to look after and her husband stood by her, it is disgusting and then just this at the end of it, he claimed his evidence is innocence the entire time. so he's never admitted guilt to FYI. And his mother at the trial also completely believes her son's innocent, of course. And he went with the intruder. Um, intruder a kind of idea that someone, someone was in the backyard, got her, killed her. Because apparently there was $40,000 worth of jewelry missing. So they didn't go into that, that he kind of must mm. have tried to stage it at the end, you know, throw jewelry, jewelry away. Was that ever found? No one knows. But right. um, that's it. And Angie's still with her husband.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a lot to take in. All that extra info. I had no idea about all that. Isn't it? But Ugh. they you know what? ID, they just leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, They're like, and we're at time. On to the next <laughs> one take us to the next one kate (laughs) okay so we get the the insane intro that i did before lust Mm. um and then we're introduced to um a small christian town deep in the bible belt i think it's kansas or something kansas yeah Olathe,
0: olathe kansas That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: That's, yeah. And Susan says, even here, good girls can do bad things. Stop. And we meet... <laughs> I know. <laughs> and we meet David and Melinda... Uh, This is a very young couple they met at when they got married, they met at church camp as teens. Mm -hmm. And then because they were so religious, they, you know, weren't supposed to be having premarital sex. And so they held off and, and then they got married when they were 20, 20. And, uh, everyone's describing them just how they always do in these shows. They They were the perfect couple, you know, David is this, you know, tall hunk combo of brawn and brains, and he's a business major in college. He's a loan officer at a bank. What a guy. And all the I ladies at the bank just loved him.
1: Oh, they love him. Kate, that totally reminds me of just a quick segue of Daniel Schneider from obviously Bitch Sesh and all her writing credits and acting credits and everything. She they were talking about Dateline once, and Daniel Schneider was like. <coughs> Every apparently every single person that is murdered used to light up a room.
2: And... <laughs> okay, that's my point here. Like they can't all have been, mm. you know. Always lighting up rooms. Always right. lighting up rooms.
1: So he's a yeah. loan officer at a bank. You're right, they got married very young. Um then Melinda gets a job. So they start their professional life. She gets a job at a university working as a secretary. But hold on, there was someone named Mark, 21 years old. He was student body president, <laughs> and he
2: was six foot four. Woo, what a hunk. I mean, they actually said this line, this bubbly blonde has a body made for more than just praying. Stop. I heard that. I did not. I'm so glad you wrote that down. I heard that and went, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, Woo! I, I, I knew it was going to be a student affair too right away because they're like, she got this job working at the university in the Dean's office and she loved working with all the students. And I was like, I bet she terrible. did. It's terrible. So apparently
1: people were whispering around town. Um, They were all talking. People kind of knew something was going on because this kid Mark started to hang out with them constantly. So he was hanging out with Melinda he was hanging out with David at their house, the three of them, um, and it was escalating. People were like, what's really going on here? Um, but, but then they went to a local pool and a neighbor of Melinda's saw Mark and Melinda in the pool being very affectionate. Not kissing, but everyone knew what was going on. She spotted the neighbor, came out and tried to charm him by being like, oh, nothing's happening. So funny. What are you doing here? Then David started to suspect. So...
2: We Sorry to Hmm. interrupt. I have to know if you know how old David and Melinda are in comparison to this college guy, Mark, because because they're so young when they get together. So I was kind of thinking like, well, so they're probably just in their 20s. Like, are they all they're all just in their 20s? Yeah. They're probably all in their
1: 20s. And they're they're probably okay. no more than like 25. I mean, they're okay. young people. Yeah. I
2: want to paint that for the listeners just in case they were imagining like a 50-year-old cougar, you know. Yeah. It
1: wasn't like that at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I don't think um there were kids either. I don't think there were kids.
2: I don't think so either. No.
1: So we hear from a very good friend of um David's. And David loved to play hockey. And so he he said, I remember playing hockey with him. And he said specifically, I have to leave at three o'clock. I have to leave at three o'clock. And when he was saying this, I was like, oh, so he's going to go and kill this kid or whatever. Next thing we know is a that night, a neighbor wakes up to hear a thudding, thuds and weird sounds. Couldn't get back to sleep. Next thing they knew, knock, knock, knock on the door. It's Melinda bruise on her cheek, blood on the bottom of her nightgown, claiming that two black men just broke in and it's and that they they said, We're going to we want to get the keys to the bank because David worked at the bank and we're gonna go and rob the place. So everyone, you know, calls the police, then we get crime scene photos and there's blood splatter everywhere. I mean this man, it turns out David was bludgeoned and there is blood everywhere. We see an actual photograph of Melinda's nightgown, and it's a white nightgown. She claims she was lying next to him as he is bludgeoned to death with a crowbar, and there is not, not a spot on her that would signify she was next to him. It was more like she was in the vicinity watching. Mm-hmm. Um yeah they are capturing the crime scene so the police race to the bank because they're like all right we know what type of uh subjects we're looking for and they're going to be here to rob the bank surprise surprise no one turns up to rob the bank
2: um I, this question- that yeah. was just so gross too it'll to just like play off stereotypes like that and That's then that. Absolutely. just make up this weak ass story like oh they obviously are breaking in to get yep. the keys to the bank. I'm like, sh- Absolutely. Oh, God. I mean, it would have been conceivable if they'd kind of pl- they plot they just planned it so
1: poorly. I mean, this was obviously planned, but it's like if you're gonna say someone's gonna break in, hold hostage held hostage, go to the bank, you need backup with all of them. I'm not saying I'm an expert on this stuff, but think it through. And you're right, the race card was definitely pulled. And the reason that's significant that she said two black men will come up later. So um they You know, when they looked at her face, they said, you know, it, 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 there's only a little bruise. She claims she was knocked out and unconscious. And the police said she was not unconscious from that little bruise. Then their very dear family friend comes over, 21 year old Mark comes right over at whatever time, this was three o'clock in the morning, freshly showered. Yeah. And brand new um, clothes on, all pristine. And the police were like, why would you have stopped to take time to go and have a shower and then dress well and come over? I mean, the writing was all on the wall. But as we've said before, Kate and I have studied a lot of these crimes things, is that you can have all the suspicions, but you need evidence. And they were not getting evidence. They did go and they searched Mark's apartment and they found stuff. They found cards. They found messages. They found love letters. All from Melinda. But still... They couldn't say that he was there and killed this guy. So this is, I, I don't have the exact, I mean, they married in 19, they married in 1977. I really think this was late 70s, early 80s. So there's no DNA, anything like that. Late 70s, early 80s, it became a cold case. We find out that she left. Melinda left very quickly after this and moved to Ohio, right after the funeral, hacked everything up and left. Mm -hmm. And then went on with her life and Mark moved to Harvard and went to university. So it's like, well,
2: what was, what? What was all this for? They were just like, well, we got that taken care of see you never and they go off and live totally separate lives Mm -hmm. and then how many years later was it it was in
1: 2001 so listen they got married 1977 at 20. let's just say they were 24 when this took place they were kids they were i mean i mean they were kids and this happened in late like very early 80s so 2001 cops reopened the case and um, they were like, let's look into this further. Hops find her. She mar- Melinda was still in Ohio, where she'd moved to after the funeral. So they never had any kids because she moved on her own. Um, huge house. She married this dentist, was doing very, very well for her life. And 20 years later, she gets a knock on the door. I mean, can you imagine your past?
2: I, I was wondering what prompted this, because how they phrased it in the series is they said, then, on a whim, the cops decided to reopen the cold case and just go ask her about it. And I was like, huh, do they just periodically kind of file? Th- like, how do-, do you know how does that work? Yeah. Like, they just file through them like, hmm, haven't looked into this for a while. What they do with cold cases is each police station, uh
1: precinct, whatever it is, they have stacks beyond stacks of cold cases whether there's been bodies found and never identified the missing whether there have been cases that have just never concluded ones of high importance that they think they know who it was but they never had enough evidence and they just go cold because police cannot keep up with the amount of crimes so so many murders go cold i mean hello cold case files it is one of the biggest things you know on On A and E or ID, but no, it's very true. I mean, they have a certain room, a certain section that is just cold case files. It's um, it really is incredibly shocking how few murders are solved. They really, we all watch these shows and we think they're all solved instantly within forty eight hours. And cops, everything I seen with documentaries, cops are like, it doesn't work like that. Majority of them don't get solved, right? They're cold cases. You said
2: this recently, like eighty percent, right? In Los don't... Angeles County,
1: 80% of murders don't get solved. Ugh. They're never solved. Yeah.
2: Wow. So,
1: what they will then assign certain police officers to just work on cold cases. So, some police officers' jobs and detectives are just cold cases. Wow. And it's very, very hard work because they can be going after a case from not just 20 years ago 50 years ago i mean people are still looking at the black dahlia case i mean that's how far back you know we're talking so you know it's very admirable because these police that work in cold cases they don't give up they will never give up and that's it's a wonderful thing to see them get some conclusion um so yeah i think they were pre-assigned this case opened it up went to go and re-interview her and she they said that she was very just like come on in come on in so they interviewed her again, and this time there was a discrepancy in her story. She said that she w- that she saw her husband being murdered by a white man, and they go uh, white guy, yeah. Hang on, something's a bit different here. Pulled her into the station. We get footage of her in the station, and um, saying Mark did it. Mark did all of this, and in. In May 2005, she was found guilty, and she was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison. Now, just imagine this. She had committed this horrendous act, and I'm sure there were a lot of people that suspected her. And she packed it up and moved away. So she didn't even continue this affair with this guy. You did it all for him, to be
2: with him. That's what the friends say. They say... You know, our friend got murdered for no reason. No, like, none, none. This did not have to happen at all for and anything.
1: You Imagine living your life with a secret like that. She go then goes on dates, meets men, meets different guys, finally meets a man that she's going to marry and settle down with. Super wealthy. She lives this normal suburban life, driving her kids to school, all the way knowing that there could be a knock any day on her door because she committed a murder. It's do, wild. Do you think she told her her husband, the dentist? I think to maintain that life, you have to really make yourself believe it didn't happen. I right. think that it uh, there's a complete ability in our brain to just go that didn't happen. You know, if you're really really embarrassed by something, right? You've been drunk on a night out, does something really really stupid. Oh, I'm just blocking it out. It never happened have that on the magnitude of something that is going to absolutely ruin your life that was 25 years ago it didn't happen it never happened so it doesn't matter this is my life now i really believe that they convinced themselves of that and
2: that, that tracks because yeah. they they were saying that she was acting like she didn't remember all these details they were bringing up and they were like how could you not remember yeah. this horrific moment in your life
1: and I also think there was an element to this that they were kind of trying to say to us is that she seemed to acquiesce pretty quickly yeah. it was like you've got me it was that it was like I've been running for 20 years it's, yeah it was me it was me and Mark I think it was that as well Then we get this insane story about who Mark became. He went to to university and they went to Harvard to do, I think it was Harvard Law, and he became a major COO of huge corporations, uber wealthy, powerful. He'd bludgeoned to death a guy when he was 21 years old, and it all caught up with him. He decided to plead guilty because this lawyer said to him, you're going to get life or... You plead guilty and you get you could be out in ten years, so you plead guilty and you got ten to twenty years in prison. Wild, wild. What year are
2: they out? Like
1: when was that? That was in May two thousand and five. There is a massive chance that both of them are out. Holy shit! Isn't that nuts? Living with a secret like that. Like I've always, I, I loved um uh, Unsolved Mysteries and there's always, you know, I remember an Unsolved Mystery, the original and the new ones are good. But the original, when there was this woman that had been uh convicted of being accessory to a murder at like 19, she got mixed up with this really bad guy, sent to prison, she was working in, in a yard and she escaped and she was on the run for 50 years. She'd started a whole new life She was a grandmother. She'd had a job, a new identity. And then one day, she got a knock. And she was like 70 years old and had to go and serve some time. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy to live. We all, I truly believe all of us have secrets. And we have secrets from ourselves that we like to forget. And I think we have secrets from our partners as much as we all think we're. I just do. I think we're naive to think we don't. And... But to have something like that of a murder, of something that you have to protect with your entire life because otherwise you won't have a life, must be overwhelming. Um, So those were the two that we covered. Kate, tell me what you thought of (laughs) it.
2: I mean, Susan Lucci. It was so... I couldn't decide if I thought it was so... I mean... It is insulting how they Absolutely. handled this. It is Absolutely. insulting. Um, that being said, <laughs> having said that, <laughs> having said that I was chuckling because of how insulting it was, because I couldn't believe these lines that they wrote for Susan Lucci to deliver in this way while mm-hmm. talking about such a serious matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of these I could watch, how many of these episodes sure. I could watch. Uh yep. So, I don't know. We rate these 0 to 600 um, pounds of learning and entertainment. I would say 175. Wow. Okay. I'm actually going to go
1: 350. Okay. Because the cases were fascinating. Some of them were fascinating. but. Besides all the nonsense and the horrific tone that they took to some of these murders and Susan Leach and all of that, what was so annoying is, is they would show you clips of, like, crime scene footage, nine-on-one calls, see footage of them in the police station confessing, but there was no audio. What are you doing? This is the stuff we want to see. Like, play this, play that. So that was really frustrating for me. I was like, these are fascinating cases. But can you give us some more like you'll you'll leave you're like taking all of the worst stuff and using that but not actually doing the stuff that would make this a good show besides a whole Susan Lucci thing is re- I mean she's pushing someone in the pool by the end of it and by the way the pool was how someone the woman died in the
2: first one so I mean it's just it's awful Poor taste yeah it really is mm-hmm. uh Yeah, that's, that is true. The, the stories were very, I'd never heard of either of these and it was, you know, interesting to watch, but it also just made me so sick. I don't know. Yeah. And once again, Kate, these small towns in America, Ooh, the
1: secrets these people hide. Ooh. Sinister. So sinister. Well, Okay, so that was our review, guide for Dead- guys, for Deadly Affairs. If you want to go and watch it to kind of have a
2: A moment, laundry show.
1: A laundry <laughs> show. A laundry show that you're going to laugh and then go, oh, God, I should not have laughed at that. Go and watch Deadly Affairs. There's three seasons. Um, yep. But we need to go and pick our show for next week, which means, Kate, that we have to put on our shoes to get out of our chairs, and we need to go over to the Wheel of shape. Oh, we're at a wheel of shame. Oh, we're here. Thank God. It's so glorious. So it glorious. Is. And it's even more glorious this week because guys, as I've been saying for the past three and a half months, I need to put some more shows on it. And I actually did. So I went through and I will tell you going through the list of those fucking networks and trying to find shows to put on this wheel of shame everything there is 800 shows about Bigfoot (laughs) there is deadly everything I had to pick and choose because I thought if I come to Kate with this wheel of shame with all ghosts and murders she's gonna be like you need to stop please yeah (laughs) but then I but then also Selfishly, I'm not doing any wedding shows. We did enough. We we paid our dues when it came to wedding shows.
2: We did. We really did. Go back and listen if you aren't wedding.
1: <laughs> yeah, go back and listen. Kate and I did a lot. That say yes to the all that bullshit. We did that highly intoxicated as well. So you should definitely go and listen to those old shows. Um, that's the only way we could get through it. So I wasn't gonna do that. I was not gonna do any of the pro I know you're good. You like the property stuff. I can't, and I especially I'm not gonna do the property brothers, where they have a sexual Tension between them. I've already told you, Kate, <laughs> not doing it. And I'm terrified Zoe Deschanel is going to pop up in there as well. So do I you, can't do it.
2: Do you know what I found out about the property brothers? Is that there's a third secret brother who's emo looking? Sorry, what? I recently saw that somewhere.
1: Oh, you need to get that. Send it and we'll put it on our Instagram, 1011
2: Care Podcast. That is. No, okay. Sure I know. I can't believe I took this long to tell you.
1: There is something so dark <laughs> going on there. Mark my words. One day it'll come out, my friends. One we need day to it tell
2: from the email guy. We um, did. Um so, anyways, yeah. Hmm. At the property ones, yeah, they I like watching them, but they're not always the most exciting to cover. I get what you're yeah. saying with that. Yeah. So just to throw in what the ones, a couple of suge- a couple of ones,
1: that I did add guys. We have Sin City ER, which is people in Vegas going to ER. Oh. So God knows what that's about. Oh my. Um, we have Kiwi Survival. I thought would be good. It's in New Zealand and people trying to survive in New Zealand wilderness. Um, Generation Drag, which is like young people getting into the world of drag, which I thought would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um this one. This is this might be my favorite. There's one show that's just called "Buying Naked," and it's
2: it's nudists shopping for their perfect house. The fact that that is an entire show that got greenlit and people had a crew, dozens of people working on it, dozens of people, and and we're gonna watch it someday. Wow! I know. Wow, wow! Wow! I know.
1: I know. So there's a lot on here, guys. So. Without further ado, let's spin the wheel and see what we are going to have for next week. Hopefully it's a new one, Kate. I'm hoping it's a new one.
2: Yeah, All something right.
1: really off the wall. I'd love it. Three, two, one, spin. Round and round she goes where she stops. No, but I But we do, we have, what is it? What is it? Ah! i knew it i knew it because i am psychic it's one that i just mentioned so i think it's one that's going to ease us that it's not buying naked don't get too excited kate it's not Uh, naked. it's kiwi survival so this is something we haven't done before so i think it'll be good it's a it's people going out in the wilderness in new zealand and hopefully it'll be people losing their mind that's what i would like to see but we
2: will we'll, we'll see i googled it it's giving me duck dynasty vibes Okay, got it. But with a New Zealand accent.
1: Okay. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> oh my so gosh. that's
1: what we're gonna do next week, guys. We'll probably honestly we'll pick the first episode today. We'll just do the first episode of the first season. So it's Kiwi Survival. You can find that on Discovery Plus. Um Okay, we are going to um, pop off now. But we do, before we uh, go, want to just let you know, you can find us on Instagram, Tender Loving Care Podcast. Um, you can also email us, tenderlovingcarepod at gmail.com. Every DM you send us, we respond to all of you. And thank you so much for all the DMs that you send us. It's uh, beautiful to hear from you all. We love it. Keep it up. Um, We have our Patreon. Kate, why don't you push and tell everyone about our Patreon? Because it's so much fun. I love doing it.
2: It is. So, uh, one of the ways that Polly and I are able to keep doing the podcast as much as we're doing the podcast is our Patreon and you can join for $5 a month. You get two nice hefty bonus episodes every month. Um, and what we cover over there are documentaries primarily and They are any topic that interests us that we think will also interest you. So this ranges from pop culture, you know, celebrities like we did Brittany Murphy and uh, what other celebrity? And uh, Anna Nicole. Anna Nicole. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done a lot of... Oh, remember the Glee one we did? Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a very interesting and dark episode. Um, Aliens and... Mm. lots of cults lots of cults so go to patreon.com slash pod or just search care podcast" at patreon um, to sign up you alternatively can go to the uh, link in the description of the podcast episode you're listening to and you can go join there it'll take you to a little landing page sign up it's really easy and join us over there we're having a lot of fun doing it we
1: are we do tw- do it twice a month last week it was Bama rush the uh documentary on HBO Kate and I had a lot of fun with that um and the good thing about it that that we say is that obviously it helps support the pod and and allows Kate and I to do this three four times a week um it's that there is so much back catalog that we have now so if you have not joined yet it's five bucks and you're gonna get hours and hours and hours of content from all our back catalog and then ongoing twice a month so twice a month you're gonna get four episodes a week so thank you to everyone that joins and continues to join um it means a lot to us and you're supporting the show uh so thank you very much um anything else kate what am i missing any other pluggity plugs
2: i think that's it for the plugs i'll leave you guys with the fact that susan lucci was on all my children Mm -hmm. from 1970 to 2011 41 years yeah she is soap operas so and then she went and did this so fun fact for you all right everyone thank you so much we will talk to you soon have a good rest of your week bye-bye we love you bye